Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. I am the one P Shark. And what's going on, y'all? I'm at underscore Scott Lady on Twitter. I'm a better shooter at the shooting guard position for the starting five than Dylan Brooks is for the Memphis Grizzlies. What's good? This is the corner man, aka the double dribble glitch. I'm Jan Trev. Uh just want to say I am not the person behind the trade Dylan Brooks Twitter page. I'm just gonna say that right. <laughs> Hey, what's happening, man? I, I'm back in my starting position. I'm dang, if you don't know what I mean. What's going on, y'all? It's your man in the middle, man, just laughing at him. <laughs> Hold it down in the paint like JV, but I ain't going nowhere at Tab Secure, man. Let's get it. Yep, yep, yep. Remember to follow us on Twitter at the starting five, the number five, MEM. Follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and listen to the other podcasts on the network. 3D on Tuesdays, Core 4 on Wednesdays, GPB Live on Thursdays. And of course, you listen to us on Mondays. And we are recording a late night episode Saturday night, fresh off of the three game losing streak and another loss to the rival Pelicans again. I think we were like 0 3, 0 4, something like that against them last year. And we proceed to lose to them, to them again by a final score of 118 to 109. Um, one and three this week. Most of us predicted three and one or four and zero oh this week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just talk fresh off this Pelicans game, man. What? What happened? Just man, lack lack of energy, man. Really. Um, even from like we can just take the San Antonio games off there. Like that was a really good game. Great effort, great energy. Like uh, you can tell that the chemistry and everything was on point against that San Antonio team. Did we go against? the Pacers, and we just look like a whole complete different other team. Like, the Pacers came out swinging, and they just didn't let up. Like, you would have thought that they were playing with five all-stars the way that they came out. And just were very offensive. Like, Brogdon had his way. Miles Turner had his way with, you know, with JV not playing in the paint. Ding to do that good in the game. And then the Rockets. I'm not sure what the hell happened with the Rockets, um, with the Rockets game. Just just energy all around, or lack, lack thereof of energy is Pretty much why we went what, one and three this week. But the loss against the Pelicans, we, we, we should have won that game. But to close out 28-18, like, we, we could have done a lot better than that. For me, it's been an issue that I had at the beginning of the season. That issue has kind of come up over the past three games. Past three games, we've given up 122 points a game. You've given up 122 points a game, you ain't beat nobody. I don't care who you are. Um, so that's been an issue. Um, turnovers has been an issue. Um, I think there's a lot of things to different look at to look at. Um, but I think you gotta um just kind of from looking at like if you kind of scroll up a little bit, Sharky, like these this the 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 leading score for the Grizzly has changed quite often. And and sometimes that's not an issue, but at some point it, throughout the season you have to at least have that consistent top score. For the Lakers, most of the time it's LeBron James. For the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I guess for most of the time, it's Kevin Durant. And so having different leading scorers um, tonight, it was Valanciunas. The night before that, it was it was uh, Desmond Bank with 16. The night before that, it was Dylan Brooks. The night before that, it was Gorgie Jane. So for me, that's kind of an issue because you really never know, like, who the – I mean, we know who the star is, but, I mean, it doesn't reflect it in the box score. Um, so you also see um, that John Morant has struggled. And I don't – and I think kind of looking at Sharky's name, I don't – for me personally, I don't think it's a lack of fire in his eyes. I think 
There's a book now that's out on John Morant. If you look at if you look at how the Pelicans defended um, John Morant today, it's kind of the same thing that the Houston Rockets did. It's the same thing that Indiana Pacers did. They have their bigs show on those screens, and so when you're showing that, when they're showing on those screens, that's not John Morant doesn't have the ability to get to the basket as he usually does, and so now that's forcing him to get the ball out to to John, uh, not to John Murray. It's getting, it's having to get the ball out to Grayson Allen or Desmond Bain or Cal Anderson. And so um, I think they aren't, they don't have the ability to always take and make shots. And I think that's, um, that's hindering the Grizzlies. So I think that's the issue that we're seeing over the past couple of games. Yeah. And I'll start it off with this also, uh, just coming off of the Indiana game. I believe that was their third game in four nights, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with the Indiana loss. So I'm just chalking it up to the Grizzlies just being tired um, just for those games being played in this short span, especially coming off the uh, winning streak as well. Um, as Skyler said, uh, there is a book now out on John Morant on how to defend him. And I don't believe it's more so up to him to make adjustments. I believe it's up to Taylor Jenkins as well to put the appropriate personnel around Ja. Um, so when how he's being defended, especially what happened tonight when they're showing the big, he's fortunate to kick it out. Now you're kicking it out to effective shooters. You're kicking it out to Desmond Bain. Although he's streaky at times, Grayson Allen can knock it down. Uh, DeAnthony Melton has shown that he can uh, knock down a catch-and-shoot three as well. Uh, so going forward, I, I believe it's going to have to be just some kind of a personnel change um, as far as uh, making sure that Things are not as tough uh, for Jai as it has been um, for these past few games. And, of course, we definitely need that second score. We need that second guy uh, that's going to be able to create his own. And I think that's where the that's where 3J being now kind of started in the show and where it's ugly head right now. Um, so I think just going forward, uh, I just think the Grizzlies just need to make an adjustment of trying to surround Jai with some – Definitely, definitely knockdown shooters. Uh, Park Dylan Brooks on the bench. Like, if, if he's not going to knock down catch and shoot threes, or he's going to try to go Kobe like he always does, like at this point in time, just park him on the end of the bench. So, um, not much else I can say there, but that's pretty much it. I think it's just more so of a, making adjustments personnel wise for the Grizz. Yeah, piggyback off a few points um, that Aria made. One, uh, we don't have consistent scoring, um, which, again, is seen and is very evident. Um, two is better coaching. Um, for five minutes and I think like 33 seconds, I don't even remember John Morant touching the ball against New Orleans. Um, and that's not what you want from a team that only has one all-star right now, right? Um, that there's, there's no Triple J. There's no other person that should be having the ball at the end of the game like he does. Um, and like he should. And he should be going out with this team with the win, whether that's taking the shot or taking the ball off the dribble, whatever it may be. Such as like um, earlier today, um, you know, uh, Joker was playing, right? Um, and they got beat, but the ball was in his hands the entire time, even while it was going down. Um, and we don't have that yet. Um, and then talking about Dylan Brooks, he started playing defense against Brandon Ingram towards the end of the game, and Brandon Ingram took off. Um, he scored look like about six to eight straight on Dylan Brooks. Um, that was a big height differential right there. Um, so that hurt. But I think this team has also been missing since 
Indiana. Since the bonus of Miles Turner gave us 50 in the paint, uh, we've been hurting. Um, and it's been evident. Um, but I look forward to, you know, what next week looks like. But um, De'Anthony Mountain also went down today, too, um, who is a big person for us off the bench. So um, hopefully that's not, like, too long of a problem for us. But it, we look like a team that didn't want to really play tonight, and it was very evident in the fourth quarter. Man, it must be nice. Um, I saw the injury report before the game started, and the Pelicans said nobody hurt, and we had like five people out, and we just got JV and Grayson Beck and DeAnthony Melton got hurt during the game. Must be nice. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, yeah, it, like we were up 102-95, depleted, and they had nobody hurt. Then they go to on the 20-2 run. Led by Eric Bledsoe of all people in the fourth quarter. So um, I think with me, yeah, John, I I said in the bubble last year, John need to be more aggressive. If he's gonna be the if he's the superstar, pin the superstar this team, you gotta find a way. You we can't go four games and probably more games in a row without you being the leader scorer and you're the best player on the team. Simple as that to me. Um, I love Ja. Um, uh, I think he's. I mean, uh, he's still young. He's twenty one. I mean, he's going to improve. Um, but that don't mean he doesn't. He doesn't need to get any criticism as well. But to y'all's point about Taylor Jenkins, man, you got to put better. You the personnel has to be better around him. And what she just said, you can't go possessions in a row in the fourth quarter without him having a ball in his hands. You can't just get a ball Dylan Brooks and let him go, right? And I don't want to just go and go off on Dylan Brooks. He had a bad. He had a bad night against the Pelicans, but. We we know we're getting out Dylan. We know he's gonna play. So it's kind of like I'm I'm not finna go on that whole Dylan Brooks fandom versus the Dylan Brooks villains on like they've been doing on Twitter for the last couple weeks. I'm not about to do that. It is what it is. We just got to deal with that. Um, and a hop on the JV train on the Joe Mullinex specifically. Uh, <laughs> and people battling about that right now. <laughs> yeah, too. Um, yeah, JV showed his um show why he still needs to be on the team tonight. Um if the trade makes sense, it makes sense. But I mean, not that's not just get rid of players, get rid of them. We still are not fully healthy. Um, like I said, I'm not I'm not even planning on some names being back until I actually see them on the floor. But um we just I, I think every I think like uh Skyler's name said, stay patient. I'm not out on the season, I'm not going to say we about to tank. I mean, we just came off a six-game winning streak. Or oh, a seven-game winning streak. Yo, seven. 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 Three-game losing streak. Okay, so seven. Three-game losing streak. That's fine. Let's go. We got Toronto or uh, Tampa Bay Monday. Uh, so <laughs> in Toronto. Just <laughs> go from there. Hopefully, uh, we get it back going. Yeah, I, I had to – Two things about – and it was about you what you said. One, something that hasn't talked about, and it's been swept under the rug because they were on the seven-game win streak. But to your point, Sharky, about John Morant, John Morant is not shooting the ball right from three at all. No, I just, like, I don't, I don't remember the last time he made more than one three in a game like this mm-hmm. season, if it's happened. And so I think that's part of the defense that's going against John Morant. They are, I, think people, I think teams are starting to recognize – he ain't shooting the ball away from three. And I think that's going back to how they're defending him. If he's not making shots from the perimeter, then I think you defend him the same way you defend Giannis. You defend him the same way um, that people defend Zion. You just say, okay, 
I'm just going to give you that space. If you can't, I'm just going to not let you get past me. If you get past me, then so be it. But I'm just, I'm going to make you shoot um, this, this, this three point. I'm going to make you shoot this long too. And if you beat me doing that, then, then by all means, you do it. So I think he has to improve that three point shot. But then another thing that you mentioned, Sarge, too, again, it's my name. Stay patient. I think we're seeing a lot of like trade X, Y, and Z. Let's trade this person. Let's trade this person. Y'all, like, let's chill. Like, (laughs) I think we're probably one of the most like, like, um, injured, um, injured teams in the league. Like, let's chill. Like, we've been without Triple J. We've been without Justice Winslow. Uh, We've had players in and out. We've had players with COVID. We have players not with COVID. Like, we missed like seven, eight games. Like, let's chill. Like, I think that's, for me, as as like I guess like as a Lakers fan, like I, like one thing that the Lakers do or have done recently, but minus the Anthony Davis thing, is they've kept some of those players in the house. If if you if you can, don't be so quick to say, okay, let's trade this person. Like chill, like let's stay patient, y'all. Like I think because like we we I think we're finally like starting to see success, and we're seeing Xavier Tillman come up. We see Desmond Bank come up. And so there are times where you may not be thinking, oh, I forgot Triple J went in the game. Or I forgot we don't have – like, let's chill. Like, let's see how the Grizzlies look with a full roster for 15, 20 games. And then at that point, we can reevaluate everything in, in the positions. But let's not just be like, okay, well, we don't need JB. Or, no, we don't need Gorgie Jane. Like, let's chill. Skyler, you yeah. one thing you got to realize is that the Grizz Nation, or quote-unquote Grizz Nation, 90% – of them live in a microwave society. Like, it's what have you done for me now? You know, JV come back and put up 23 and 10, whatever he just put up, and it's like, oh, we need to keep, we need to keep them. But clearly for the last, before then, it's like, oh, we don't need JV. What what we need him for? He's not doing this, he's doing that, whatever. Like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now he gets back, it's like, oh, we gotta keep him. We know what we, what we got on him. Like, come on, man. But I want to kind of expand on your point about John Morant Shun because you hit the hammer right on the head. like. Him going one for five tonight from three, one for five against Houston, zero for one in Indiana, and then uh, one for one in, in against San Antonio. Like they're they're playing them like you you said Zion shoot. I'm willing to go right now. What else with Westbrook? You know what I'm saying? Or Westbrook because John Morant really can't hit nothing now. And I hate the fact that we got to talk 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 down on Josh jump shot right now. But if it ain't falling, statistically speaking, it just ain't falling, bro. So that is allowing defenses to play a different kind of way, but you know we got to give we, we got to give I guess the defense some credit too. But John Moran got to start hitting shots, man. And speaking like of the Houston game, a Pacific player in that game who you used to defend like that, John Wall was making threes. Like John Moran needs to look at because really, if you gonna be honest, like what's Westbrook? John Wall, his game kind of mirrors him as well. John Wall is athletic. Player That's quick true. gets to the whole finish. Wasn't a good shooter. Um, still probably not. I went. I still not scared of him, but he has obviously improved his jump shot. So John Moran really, hopefully, he took notes from that game specifically going yeah. forward. Well, and he don't even have to be like a knockdown three point shooter. It's right. just you have to get to the point where defenses at least are threatened by the thought of you making it. When they have, when they say, yeah, exactly. When they say, oh, well, you can have that, like it's times where Jonas will take a three-pointer and people will legit turn right around and go for the rebound. When mm-hmm. that happens, that's not, that's not good for your team. Like you need spacing. Like you need room to operate. And when you don't have room to operate on that floor, it's it's going to be a struggle. And also to your point, Skyler, the difference between Ja and like Giannis and uh, Zion, Ja is six foot three. 
you know, Giannis still can score 30 even when they play off him because he's seven feet and Zion <laughs> just what 16 and bigger than everybody. So you can both of them, they still can get their points at the hole better than Jock could at his ass. Yeah. And then of course we, we also gotta realize, like Scholar mentioned earlier, like Jaws in year two. So of course as right. time goes along, he's gonna continue to improve. And he's gonna eventually start getting the benefit of the Wilson from the rest. Yes. Because there's yes. a lot. In this three-game loser, there were plenty of drives to the rim where I'm just looking like, yo, where is the foul call? Like, especially tonight, he took a mean elbow to the head uh, towards the end of the first half from Lonzo Ball, which should have warranted a call, and, of course, nothing came of that. So um, it's, it's just with time. Uh, as everyone has been saying, and we'll reiterate, just just stay patient. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. I like Lonzo Ball. Y'all know I've been on this bandwagon, but he's been balling the last few games. He's shooting a 3 9. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brandon oh, Ingram, man. Brandon Ingram. That's all I'm going to say. Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Also, Jordan needs to uh, reach out to Trey Young to see how he gets his foul calls. Um, did he did he send a memo to the officials or something? I mean, that's one thing that like 100% just baffles me. <laughs> like the fact that Trey Young, who spends most of his offense on the perimeter shooting jumpers is averaging more free throws than John Morant, a guy who religiously drives and goes to the rim. Like I just can't can't understand it. But like you say, he probably needs to uh reach out to Treyon to find out how. So. And I think a small part of it, very small part of it falls on Taylor Jenkins. As as his head coach, you gotta say something. Like because watching the game tonight, I'm like, dude, how are you like not even like fired up right now the fact that John Moran is getting like bold in the in the head like there were like two or three goaltendings that were not called at all and how are you like I mean I didn't see his reaction but for you like to not have gotten a tech at all after some of those calls because some of those calls or lack thereof were terrible so I think some of that like it's Taylor Jenkins you got to say like okay like I'm gonna get a tech just so the referees understand like that's a bad call that's a blown call and so when you when you as a coach, when you have those moments or instances like, okay, then they'll start to say, okay, let, let me make sure I look into that a little bit deeper. Let me make sure that, okay, when Jaws going to the basket, that I'm making sure that I'm looking extra hard to make sure that I make to see if I call a foul or not. So he gotta get he gotta get a little bit riled up too. Definitely. Yeah, it's like uh Coach Popovich, man. He's he's the king of doing that with the Spurs, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that point. But uh and and of all this being said. Regardless of how many calls he is or is not getting, he still needs to be aggressive um, at the end of the day. Um, ball needs to be in your hand. You are the point guard. You're the point god, so to speak, um, when in the city of Memphis. The ball needs to be in 12's hands. 12 needs to be making decisions and then also be surrounded by people that can help him with those decisions. I'll stay patient, of course, but the trade deadline is coming up. Um, and so that's why I think there's also some urgency, I would say, to want to trade some th- players. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I mean, stay the course. If we were on trade players, we should do this on the offseason um, at this point uh, because the price for Bill is probably a little bit too high now. And yeah, speaking of trading, I think, honestly, like to me, and I spoke on this in uh, the little uh, – well, Parker, the blog he wrote with the uh, the roundtable that I uh, participated in, it was a question about, I think, 
making a trade for someone or making any deal from the deadline, I specifically said probably Gorgie Jane only because he has an inspiring deal. And you probably not going to resign him and seventeen million dollars. So try and get something for that. But things gonna be hard to trade that unless you are making a bigger trade because you gotta take back another big salary in that case. And seventeen million dollars, you're probably gonna take back a worse player and just to get like a first round or second round, you know, just to get draft picks. And I don't know how worked it that deals. So we'll that see. Fall off the books for me. I'm sorry. Right. I like exactly. off the books. Because you might take back a longer big salary like you know what I'm saying like uh, it's I don't know how much that would be worked unless it's for like a deal for like a Zach Levine or someone but that remains to be seen uh let's move forward to our star of the week of a one in three week who is your star of this week I'm honestly still thinking I'm on, on my I'm not gonna lie to y'all um because we've had we've had so many different leading scores we have so many different um highlights and lowlights from different players um i don't know man um i guess <laughs> i guess desmond bain it is for me um yes, don't ask me why <laughs> just because I, I honestly don't know uh i'm just gonna go desmond bain and leave it at that uh well let me go then desmond bain for the fact that i still when he gets a shot and he releases the ball i believe it's going in every single time he releases it same. For that reason, Desmond Bain, I think he scored in double digits in all these games. Except tonight. Except tonight. Except tonight. Yeah. Right. So, that's mm-hmm. Bain for me as well. Well, mine will be the guy who's pretty much been consistent throughout, and that's uh, Kyle Anderson. Um, yeah. Even tonight in tonight's game against the uh, Pelicans, um, he had with 18, 4-4, four four, uh, shot pretty well from the three-point line as well. Um, so, Again, just continually to be aggressive, continue to look for a shot uh, when he has the ball. Um, so my footer for this week will be Kyle Anderson. I think he's been the most consistent. And actually, he got to, he got to 21. Um, he had a three late in the game. Oh, that's right. He hit a three late. So, yeah, he had 20. Come on, they said it was his third, like a third 20-point game or something. So, yeah, um, that's actually interesting, Trevor. My player of the week is also Kyle Anderson, um, but not for offensive consistency um, because the last couple of games he's kind of been off uh, single digits, of course. But his resiliency um, as a veteran, um, you don't think Kyle Anderson is being like a, he's not a rookie or a sophomore anymore, right? He's in what year seven um, with a couple of years under Coach Pop. And to think of a player that has been that cold for, you know, two or three games to still come out and play a really decent game um, against the Pelicans and to play some good defense against Brandon Ingram. Um, there was, those were tough shots that Brandon Ingram hit. Those weren't, like, easy. He was wide open, defensive mishaps. Um, and so I'm giving it to him for both ends of the floor, um, along with his veteran leadership, even with the losses, um, still coming bounce back tonight and moving forward for us. Can I say one thing before Tevin goes? I, I think yeah. Kyle Anderson is really good. And I, and I think he's – he. I mean, she just pointed out he's struggled over the past couple games. But I feel like every time he's in the game, the Grizzlies do well. And so I just looked at it. Besides tonight, his past four games, he's only gotten 21 minutes. In my opinion, I feel like he should be getting more than 21 minutes a game. Maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I literally yeah, just looked wow. Just look tonight. He had like 30. Longer, wow. tonight he had thirty, but I literally just looked his past like four or five games. He's only got twenty one minutes, and yeah. so I understand like you have a really. I think Grizz, the Grizzlies may have the best bench in the league, but 
you gotta kind of give Carolina to more than 21 minutes a game. They do. And that's without JV and Grayson. Right. And Triple J and Justin Winslow. And, okay. All these players. Taylor Jenkins out. Acting like Penny Hardaway out here. Penny way out here. Playing all these players. <laughs> all these minutes. Now, speaking of Kyle Anderson, though, you're talking about somebody that's improved, right? Like, he tonight he matched the number of threes that he made all last season. Wow. Um, this season already. I think it was like 20-some threes he made or something like that. I forgot the number, but he matched that tonight. And, you know, he's going to keep going. But actually, we're we talking consistency, man. Even though he played one game, we realize how much we do need him to solidify the things in the middle. Consistency is key. That's been the motto. And Mr. Consistency himself, like that's what I've always called him, uh, JV, Valentunas, man, come, came back 9-11 and 11 off the bench. Um, not 9-11, and 11, 9-4-11 off the bench. Like if he would have played in that Houston game, that's a big body that we easily could have had you know, to, to help us win that game. The Pacers, I, I honestly think we probably would have lost that regardless. Like, the Pacers look that much better than, than us. Um, that, that's a lot of credit to them. But I think if JV plays that Houston game, we win. And I think that if he would have started tonight, you know, it probably could have came to a different outcome. But it is what it is. So my grades of the week is JV. Well, and, yeah. and I'll say this real quick about JV. JV, the thing I like about JV, and especially being on this team, he gets you easy baskets. I think a lot of times, I think we even saw that in the Houston we'll game, in the Indiana game, like they, there are times they really, really struggle with getting points. And so the thing about uh, JV is sometimes you could just throw him the ball down low. He gives you one or two moves, and boom, he got a basket. You just mentioned that he went 9 of 11. Like a lot of times you find JV has games like that, whether it's 10 of 13 or – 11 or 15 or something like that. He's going to more more times than not at least get you 50% from the field. So those are easy baskets. And so I think to your point, uh, to uh, it's it's you saw the importance of JV tonight. But 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 we're gonna trade a, a person that gets easy baskets for us. So it is what it is. Stay patient. Yeah. He can't play defense. We'll be all right. Yeah, I was just checking, and I, I just checked the Kyle Anderson's minutes for these past four games, and with the exception of tonight where he played 30 minutes, his minutes were 20, 21, and 25. <laughs> I so <laughs> I definitely would look to go, because I think even tonight, Taylor Jenkins went with uh, Hyas and Ja together. Um, I think towards the end of the fourth quarter with Desmond Bain, I think a little less of that and a little more of Kyle Anderson at that three spot and Desmond Bain at that two spot. So, so that's just me. Not Kyle Anderson at the three spot. <laughs> Not that. Oh, no, we don't want that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brandon Clark was out against the Pelicans as well. Yeah, right. yeah that's – Extra body we could have used. Not excuse, we could have won that. We should. We should have won. Oh, no, we won. We won. Yeah, okay. if you look, the game was fairly even for for we, majority of it. It's just poor execution oh, down the stretch. Pelicans had two big runs. I, mean, I, I they had that eleven zero run because oh, it, it was right when Brevin Knight said you got to close this half, and I think they were up by like eight nine, and Pelicans legit ran off eleven. I was like, damn, that hurt. And then they ran off another like. That one hurt too. And yep. for me, even before you got to the maybe I think was that 22 run in the fourth quarter, maybe? Yeah, it was 102 it was to 95. That's right when Ja came back in the game. With, with yep. Yeah, he didn't see the ball. Yeah. 
Exactly. Those those two runs were the difference in the game for me. Yep, that was the difference. But it is what it is. We played them again on TNT next week on a Tuesday night. So let me verify that. It was Tuesday. Yep, next week on a Tuesday night, it's, uh, February the 16th. But before we see them again at home that time, this time, we got four games next week. I hope nobody's predicting four and no anymore because apparently they're not going to do that if we predict that. Even three and one, maybe. But they got Toronto Monday or Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay Raptors Monday. They have the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday. Have the Lakers on Friday on ESPN. Why they do that to us? And the Kings next Sunday on Valentine's Day. What is our record for next week? I'm really trying not to say one and three. I said one and three. I said, I'm I'm trying not I to said. say one because the, the Raptors have looked, the Raptors have looked good as of late, and I'm making myself give them the game against Charlotte, who Charlotte has looked a lot much better. The Mellow Ball um, has looked a lot better um, in the starting role. Right yeah, and the Lakers are still the Lakers. <sighs> two and two. Don't ask me nothing else. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the reason for one and three, man? My reason for one and three, uh, we're going to lose the Toronto game because the Grizz, for some reason, have a, tr- a trouble of playing guards. And the Rockets, uh, not the Rockets, the Raptors have two guards that are playing extremely great basketball. One on put 50 points up earlier uh, this week. I want to look up Van Vliet. So I uh, don't really see us winning that one. I do see us winning Charlotte, even though they read how Alonzo LaMelo uh, starting finally. But I think we would squeeze it. I think our depth would get us that win. The Lakers, <laughs> uh, the Kings, um, that will be a close one. I can see us going two and two. But based off of what I just seen last week, the Kings, they're more consistent. Um, even though they, they're, you know, 11-11, I think they got like 500 ball. They're playing really, really good basketball. And I think that's when we may we uh, a loss that we're going to get to a team that we may underrate. So give me give me one and three. Yeah, I'm going to go one and three as well. And I think the one win, uh, I'm really wanting to convince myself to pick the Charlotte game as the game we win. Um, but really not sure because the mellow ball has been balling. Um, of course, Gordon Hayward is Gordon Hayward. He's doing this thing as well for Charlotte. But uh, these two at home, you got to get at least one of these before this uh, little mini road trip to California. Um, although it doesn't show in the standings, the Kings have been balling lately. Like De'Aaron Fox has been, you know, right as you know, right as uh, on schedule as he's been. Uh, their rookie Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State has been yes, yes. absolutely balling. If it wasn't for the mellow ball doing what he's doing in Charlotte, as a very strong case, Halliburton could be uh, the Roy this season. Uh, but yeah, give me one and three for the Grizz. I, I think they grabbed that game against Charlotte, and then that'll be the only one for Memphis this week. Don't give me that only four. Ah, uh, yeah. You just had to be that evil one to do it. Yeah, and then I saw two with a basketball, and I was like, oh, my God, no. Um, he's going to pass it to Savage. Um, but I 
I got I don't think they win. I don't think that we lose four straight. Um so I got us beating Toronto. Um and I actually got us losing to Charlotte. And hear me out. I I think a Lakers victory and a Kings victory. Um, so I got us going three and one. You're like, how and why? You've been the most hated dude all season. <laughs> it's time hey. for you to be are you gonna flip the script on us? I ain't going on for God dog. Nah, nah, man. I, I it's just something to prove, man. They they can't lose that many games. Um, so I, I really think three and one. I, I really think the Toronto game will be a, a litmus test for us. Um, we got to play that game hard. Um, I know we come out on that Monday, so um, hopefully we get that W actually on that day. And, you know, we got to beat the Kings. We we really need to beat the Kings. Um, even though it's at Sacramento, I think that's just another litmus test for us. And who knows, maybe the Lakers sit out AD and LeBron um, and we get a, a little victory there. So, yeah, I got us going three and one. <laughs> you know, the NBA can come and get them out the game. Wow. At least for the first half. <laughs> LeBron, because, wow. you know, they may, somebody may test COVID around AD or something. So anybody may say, hey, AD, in the fourth quarter, come with me. Hey, two, two, man. We was going to get to that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. We'll get to that one. 3-7, <laughs> man. 3-7. But I thought I was going to be the crazy one to say a win against the Lakers. But I guess I was going 2-2. Two and two, And I think the Lakers, you know, they, they tend to sleepwalk. Some games, and I see, I can I could see us catching them sleepwalking on Friday, just like okay, they give up by 15, 16. All right, cool, chilling, they chilling, they uh, chilling to the playoffs, they chilling to the playoffs. I, I, so I, I, I can see it, but I gonna give us that one. But and one of the two, I say Toronto just stopped the, the three game lose streak leading, and we'll lose to Charlotte. Um, Sacramento, the same as New Orleans, we we went 0 3 against New Orleans last year, and this was litmus test, and guess what we did? We failed. Uh, when one and three against Sacramento last year, it's supposed to be litmus test next Sunday. Guess what we're gonna do? I think we're gonna fail. Since <laughs> <laughs> we just can't beat, and I think I think Sacramento might just be like New Orleans, just we just can't beat them. Yeah, but as Tuke was hopping on, I did want to get on it for last for our last segment today. Since it was relevant to the Grizzlies, since we had to postpone five games because of COVID stuff. But apparently, KD uh, can be contact tracing and play in a game and get pulled from that same game. And his team goes on to play the next day. Um, but the Grizzlies can't do that. What were y'all thoughts about the whole KD situation? Um, handled improperly. Um, for you to have delayed him um, for the game, or he couldn't start the game due to contract tracing contact tracing uh, and then you allow him to come back into the game and then you pulled him for the same thing it was handled misproperly I think if you were going to have him not start the game then just don't let him play at all um, but for you to kind of <laughs> let him come into the game like mid game and then pull him like that that, that wasn't cool at all <laughs> uh, that was handled improperly um, but I think at the same time it's the Brooklyn Nets. It was on TV. Uh, the NBA was going to do whatever they could to make money. So, not surprising, Loki. Exactly. And then, let's see, if he has to sit out with the next seven or so games, let's just put it like that. Um, they're not. He's not going to sit out for those seven games. Because if I look, I saw their schedule. Um, I think three of those games, well, three of those games are against the Clippers, 
the Lakers and someone else is actually good. It's supposed to be on national TV. Like he's not going to sit out those seven games. They're going to find a way to get Kevin Durant back on the court, which like you said, it's a shame that they can mishandle it like this, but yet they're very strict when it comes to the Grizzlies. That's it's it's seven days. I think three games. Yeah, three games. He he come back Friday. He come back Friday. All right. Yeah, but like like Skyler just said, it's just a whole bunch of BS. Like literally, the NBA is just dropping the ball. Like okay, thank you, basketball. I know, right? That's crazy, but yeah, NBA just dropping the ball. Like they making the All Star game when clearly nobody wants to play it. Like uh, you had players come out today and say it's just like Giannis. He came out today and said it's just crazy. Like I don't have the energy for it. Like we shouldn't be playing an All Star game. And then you have a, a superstar like Kevin Durant come into the game to go out, to come into it, and go back out for contact tracing. Okay, if he tests positive, then what about the other nine players that was on the court with him? What about the the whole net squad? You know what I'm saying? Do they miss the rest of the do they miss the next few games too? What about the, the teams he was going against? Are they gonna get tested? Like it just sounds dumb and like Kevin Durant tweeted like he felt like this is a whole publicity stunt when I mean maybe it is, maybe it's not, but you know, Kyrie is right. Mm, I just feel like saying that, but he was right. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't feel like listening to that. Um, and so I'll just say the almighty dollar. That's it. And that's it. So I'll leave it at Yep. Almighty dollar. We know what's going on. Scala said it. For our listen to real podcast, we got commandments on that podcast. And our second part, our second commandment we stated last night was thou shalt not ask questions you already know the answer to. But there's no reason asking why the Grizzlies had to postpone five games and why the Nets are still playing. We know why. It's the Grizzlies <laughs> and they're the Nets. Exactly. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, man. Wraps up another week, another episode. Hopefully, next week will be on a much brighter note. But <laughs> until then, remember to follow us at the Start at Five and Number Five email. Start. Uh, I mean, follow us. Uh, follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies, and you follow me at the one underscore P Shark, and I'm at underscore Scalito. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Matthew Otto Trevor, first letter of each word capitalized except of because it's a preposition. Chill out, Grizz. Uh, four through ten in the Western Conference is separated by just a game and a half. So relax, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, it's really shitty. That's it. Yeah, man, make sure you follow your boy at Tam Shakir. All right, remember, listen to other podcasts on network. 3ND Podcast, Core 4 Podcast, and GBB Live. Until next time, peace.